Um, Dustin? I miss you. What's going on? I want you to come back again. I don't want you to leave my friend. I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. And that's why I'm singing this song. Because without you, everything feels so wrong. I miss you. Dustin. Huh? What? What? What's that? What song was that? What song was what? Uh, the song that you were just singing. Oh no, it happened. What happened? I'm singing my inner thoughts and feelings again. It must have been because we're about to start talking about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist next. Huh? That is some crazy sh- So much TV to be seen and you can't match status quo. Just sit back and relax, my friend, cause we're gonna watch a show. Dustin can watch. Welcome to Dustin Can Watch, and today we're getting a bit more musical. (laughs) Today, I have a returning guest, Stephen from Creek Talk, a Dawson's Creek podcast. So we're over here talking holiday stuff and having a good old time, a gay old time, I guess you could say. (laughs) Right. I mean, come on. I I didn't want to say it, Dustin. I didn't want to say it. Well, I mean, you know. It actually is true in so many ways right now. Um, it makes sense. <laughs> let's have a gay... No, that's a little more Flintstones, isn't it? Yeah. Have a gay old time. That's Still works. Never mind. Still works. It's okay. <laughs> we'll yabba-dabba-do this. Um, <laughs> um, how are you today? <laughs> um, I'm good today. I was um, just getting ready for this podcast, and um, I really didn't have anything really much to do i went and got my hair cut oh i, so need I to think i look so snazzy. Bad. and uh what else did i do oh i went to the goodwill which found nothing that's like what i do on saturdays like i'll go to the goodwill and go like do like some shopping and um then i went i, I got mcdonald's today and i wish i never did because i disgusting. did too i went and got myself a, a, Mc, a sausage mcgriddle and a mcchicken biscuit or well, I didn't get the biscuit or whatever the hell you call it. I do think of you though, because I feel like I had this conversation with you and, um, <laughs> I, and I, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go wake up in the morning and go get McDonald's. Cause I do like their breakfast, their breakfast. And then I don't, I just stay in bed. <laughs> I don't move, but <laughs> I drive past it on my way home from where I was. And I said, I'm going to get it like a cheeseburger. And it was just not. It did not yeah. do it for me. It was so the gross. The breakfast is a little bit better than the regular, you know. I just, I don't eat McDonald's very often anymore. I used to eat a lot more. Like, in the, during the pandemic, it was, like, a lot. And then I started saying, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> well, I was the opposite. I was eating it a lot before the pandemic. And, like, it was almost like a weekly thing. And I started noticing, like, I was, I was getting, like, very heavy because I was, like, eating this crap. And mm-hmm. because of the pandemic, we were forced to really stay in and cook a lot more. And mm-hmm. um, we were, you know, trying to shop what we could. And 
we were eating like we still do like we're eating lots of leftovers so i appreciated that and it helped me get a lot healthier but i ate it today and i was like why did i do this to myself and i have to well, sit and record a podcast <laughs> <laughs> It's a good reminder, though, and you're like, "Why? Yeah. Why?" I'm so glad you get away from it for a while, and you and you realize I don't really like this as much as I used to. You know, uh-huh. I mean, I exactly. do like a chicken McNugget. Don't get me wrong, I, I like those too. things. But um, the main stuff I just don't like as much. But you know, speaking of leftovers, I'm getting ready tonight to eat some more Thanksgiving leftovers because oh, I don't want to eat. Them. I don't want to eat the, the like the night after because if I eat left, I don't know. Like, I burn out on them really fast because we end up having a lot, and yeah. I just don't want to. So. I'm ready for some stuffing and some dressing, which are two different things. I don't know why people can't get that together, but I know, um, I know, I say that too. Um, <laughs> they are, they are completely different things. One yeah. you put in the bird, one you put on the outside. It's dressing, hello. But uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm really excited about eating that actually because I love me some cornbread dressing and my mom's white stuffing is great too. So can't wait. What's well, a white it. stuffing? Is that just white bread? Yeah, it's white bread and like celery and um, I think some onion and some and uh, uh, you use uh, chicken broth and there's oh, a yeah. few other things, some spices. And it's really good. I mean, well, growing up, it kind of made me I don't know what it was. It made me gag. Really? <laughs> and I got used to it over the years. So, I mean, for some reason, it's for some people, it's it's an acquired taste. Yeah. But, you know. Maybe I, it's I, the I, consistency. Yeah, it is, you know, and then the cornbread dressing, everybody seems to love that with or without bird in it. Cause some people like to put <laughs> turkey or chicken in it, um, <laughs> depending on the bird. And some people don't like, I, I, I'm fine with it without it because I'm eating it with turkey anyway. I don't really need any extra bird, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, we could all use some extra bird dust. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I need to eat more poultry actually, because, <laughs> you know, I'm over here with a tire around my stomach. Um, <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> oh my god, no, I'm wearing this shirt right now and I'm like, I thought this shirt was smaller or bigger than no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I gotta suck this in just to walk around the house. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, it's making me really hot actually. <laughs> just take it off. Who cares? Dustin loves you. <laughs> um <laughs> who ate Dustin? <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> That's not what happens. But <laughs> So yeah, okay. So were you able to get through all of Zoe out of, of Zoe's playlist? Extraordinary yes. playlist. Well. Yeah. So I actually watched the whole second season last night. Oh my god. Because I kept waiting and waiting and I couldn't find the time and I was off and I did nothing but I watched the whole second season. And I watched the first one like two weeks ago. Um and um I really, really liked it. I know that I you had told me about the show. Like when I first met you, which mm-hmm. was like, I guess like over like a year and a half ago, I guess. I don't, I think that's when you kind of started talking. I know I'm getting, it's, everything's becoming a blur. The COVID blur. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what time is anymore, but um, <laughs> you ca- you recommended it to me and you wanted to do like a watch along type thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, I can't do that. I was like, I need to watch this. Like, well, maybe like, we can focus own. on a single episode at some point. Maybe we can do a watch along for the Christmas one at some point. Or, uh, you maybe. Know. Um, but I finally watched it because you said, do you want to do this? And I said, yeah. And I really, really liked it. I really like Jane Levy or Levy, however you say her name. Um, yeah. I like the whole cast as an ensemble. Um, mm-hmm. it, I like the story. I like I liked everything about it. And I thought it was like 
almost like glee. And I even said to you, it's really not. It's really not. No. I mean, they they sing and they, and they break out in musical. Like glee. Right. But it's nothing like it at all. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I think it's a totally different show. And people might argue that, but I, I think it's a totally different show than that. I mean, it had, does have an old cast member from Glee, and another one shows up at one point. Yes. But <laughs> I know, I know, I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's got it's kind of that's why I said I think I also described it, I was like it's kind of like Buffy the Musical meets Glee because you got the whole thing where yes. Buffy and everybody sings their innermost thoughts and feelings, and the Buffy you know once more feeling once more with feeling episode, and but then you have the jukebox side of it with Glee, so it's kind of a combo of both in a way, but a little more serious. Yeah. Without being too serious. I mean, it gets serious. And there's some, I mean, I, I cried throughout the show. Not to not to deter anybody from it. It's not like a weepy show. It's not. There's just no. some good, heartfelt things that happen in the show that you just, it touches you no matter what. It's just something about it. It's just, wow. It just, it's good. I call it TV therapy, you know? Yeah, I connected with um, a lot of it. I did, especially with her father, mm-hmm. um, like her parent getting sick. And there were other parts that I, that I connected with. I didn't cry. I, I like, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm like that much of an emotional person lately. I don't know what it is, but you even said to me, like, you're going to, you're going to cry. And I was like, okay, I'm waiting. And then I never did. You oh, never cried? I will say there was one part that I did get a little um, upset about, which had nothing to do with like the parents or anything. It was when, um, uh, Zoe is trying to help her sister-in-law, Emily, Oh um, yeah. During season two oh, yeah. when they were like just connecting as just people and Emily couldn't get it out. I was like, this is so sad. Like it, t- it really did touch me. They I don't know. Such I guess a good, I, it's such a good mental health awareness show. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like the point like of her becoming aware of everybody's mental state around her in a way. And, yeah. and which, you know, after a while it does take its toll on her. So which I thought was also smart to do. So as far oh, as yeah. the story, but, um, but so, yeah, we're going to talk about all that in a moment, but um, <laughs> like I was telling you a little while ago, we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about the, the, the main arcs of the, of the series. And we're also going to talk about the setup and the characters and whatnot. And I'm going to kind of do that. I'm going to break down the pilot episode, um, which has a lot of, you know, the, the setup for the show, as far as the characters, as far as the main story, everything happens in this first episode. It's really good. And it's yeah, a lot happens in that first episode, even though it's only 40 minutes long, really. I know. Um, and then we're going to go into, you know, we're going to talk about our favorite episodes, favorite musical numbers, favorite characters, the set design, which has some really unique sets on this, um, some great guest stars. And of course, I want to go into the quotes, the Mo quotes, which I love Mo. So we have to get into some of those because some of them are really funny and some of them are really genuinely insightful. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead. I guess we can get started on that. Warning, there are spoilers ahead. You ready? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Let's begin. Okay, so the show stars, like you said, Jane Levy, or Levy, one of the two. She has been in shows like Suburgatory. She was in the movie Fun Size. She was in the Evil Dead remake. And uh, in this, she stars as Zoe Clark, a female coder at a male-dominated tech job known as SparkPoint, spelled S-P-R-Q-P-O-I-N-T, SparkPoint. 
So Zoe basically goes through the motions every day, just, you know, always starting off by being woken up by her non-binary neighbor, Mo, singing next door. And this happens and, and uh, Mo is singing, just call me angel of the morning, angel. <laughs> and then it cuts right to wake me up before you go, go. And oh, I love like, that. <laughs> I can kind of see like, oh, every day, every day you got to start singing. And this is how Zoe wakes up. And so she goes and complains to him. And his response is, quote, how else am I supposed to sing? Listen to Wham. Their songs demand a certain level of participation and volume. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but then, you know, he tries to be accommodating and he asks her, you know, hey, you know, what would you like me to sing? What kind of music do you like? I'll sing that instead. And yeah. she's like, you wouldn't know the band. And she puts her headphones on and listens to NPR or a podcast or something, which I guess we're basically supposed to get from this. She doesn't listen to music. Yeah. You know, she just doesn't. So next we meet her best friend, Max, played by Skylar Aston, best known from Pitch Perfect the Pitch Perfect movies. Um, he's also a coder at Spark Point. And then we see that she has a crush on the new marketing guy, Simon, John Clarence Stewart. Um, like she's really awkward around him. You know, she's walking in with Max and she goes, howdy to Simon for some weird reason. We meet her boss, Joan, Lauren Graham, who is Lorelai Gilmore herself. And they're basically the only two women on their team <laughs> and it's all male dominated. And in the beginning, Zoe is up against an overachieving smarmy guy named leaf who has this douchey best bro friend named Tobin. Like you're just kind of uh, with them. They're just, they're too much at first, you know? Yeah. Um, I get to like them later, but, um, but I yeah. never, I can tell you, I never liked leaf. He annoyed me. I like Tobin. But- yeah. Throughout the series, watching Leaf, I felt very little uh, like empathy for him. I don't know why. <laughs> he just annoyed me. <laughs> he has a nice butt, though. I'll give him that. <laughs> I don't know. I found nothing attractive about him. <laughs> he has a nice butt. I could. I was like, hello. Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's just kind of one of those guys. You're like, oh god, you're just you're. You know what I mean? Like he's. I can't really. I don't know. He's like a, I guess, hold him. He's smarmy. He's kind of, you know, I know he's one exactly of those, what you're saying. Yeah. He's, he's just, he wants to get in, you know, and, uh, work up the, the ladder, go up the ladder faster. And he's just kind of conniving and just kind of underhanded. And I mean, there's some parts for him that you kind of go, Oh, okay. You know, and then he does some nice things every so long. You're like, okay. He's not so bad, but you know, he's still kind of, yeah, I get what you're saying though. Yeah. He's a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, and Tobin is kind of like that too, but he's more openly funny. He's funny about it. You know, it's, it's just over the top and he's kind of self-deprecating and I like Tobin. He's fun. I thought Um, Tobin was the cuter one. I didn't, I thought, Oh, he is. He's totally cute. I thought he, I was way more into him than, than leaf and, um, just looks wise. But I think Tobin was more of like a bro. And whenever he tried to, as many times he says bro throughout the show. Well, they call themselves the programmers, but they he try, I feel like Leaf never really fit into that. He was just sort of like a follower to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He was follower trying to lead, which didn't really work out. Yeah, it was strange. Well, anyway, so later on, we meet uh, Zoe's family. First, we meet her uptight, her uptight lawyer brother, David, played by Andrew Leeds. We, but we don't meet his pregnant wife, Emily, until like episode three. And she's played by Alice Lee. 
Um, and their their compassionate mother, Maggie, Mary Steenburgen. If you don't know who she is, you need to get with it. Like I know. <laughs> you know, she was, uh, what's her name? On, uh, Back to the Future 3. That's the first thing I think I think of when I think of Mary Steenburgen. Um, oh my God, I don't even know. She, played, she ends up being Doc's wife. And I think her name was Claire or... Dang it, now I have to look it up because that's going to bother me. But yeah, everybody knows who she is from Back to the Future 3. If you've never seen Back to the Future Part 3, you're, there's something wrong with you. And she played the mom in Joan of Arcadia, if anybody ever watched that. That's right, she did. She played Clara, Clara Clayton. Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> Jakes! I, I was like, I'll look it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Maggie, she's just awesome. She's so sweet and just such a, just a, a cheerleading mom just really you know you just she's just a nice person you'd want her and her you'd want her in your life you know yeah um and she's basically the caretaker for their father who's at this point catatonic um is his name is mitch and he's played by peter gallagher aka sandy cohen from the oc and many other things he's been in but that's the most recent thing i think of is saying you know when he Me was too. in the oc that's the first thing i think of when i think when i think of him I, I remember I listened to him on the um, the Broadway Guys and Dolls revival. It was him and Nathan Lane. They were the leads, and I think he plays Sky Masterson. Um, the only reason why I know that because I was in Guys and Dolls, the stage musical in high school, and yeah. So that kind of we listened to it a lot, and then I, I saw him, and I was like, man, that dude's got some eyebrows. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of known for it. <laughs> he is, you know, and they work for him though, you know. He was a good, good-looking man way back. In, he's still, you know, a nice-looking guy, but he was really good-looking back in the day when he was. He was, yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, um, I get it. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. But uh, he seems like a really nice guy too in real life. You know, any interviews I've seen with him, you know, he just seems like down-to-earth person. I just like him a lot. He's really cool. Um. So yeah, he has this de- this debilitating disease, which they called super nuclear palsy which is what his doctor tells them in episode two. And he mentions it later on too. But, and Zoe's very concerned for him and scared that she's going to get it. Like she's going to develop this, you know, genetic disorder. And because she's getting these headaches and this eye pain and she's, you know, she's being really paranoid about it. And her mother's like, you know, you're probably fine, but if you really worry, just go get an MRI, you know, just go to the hospital, get an MRI, check it out. So Zoe goes to get tested at the hospital. And she's in the MRI and the technician says they can ease her tension with a Spotify playlist or Apple Music or Google Play. There's a lot of project product placement going on. <laughs> oh, he names everything. He He's literally like, names yeah. everything. <laughs> He's like, yeah, do you want to use the, I got Apple Music, I got Google, I've got Spotify. I'm like, dude, stop. <laughs> what are you trying to sell me here? <laughs> and she's like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Just, I don't, whatever. He's like, all right, whatever. And he, he just puts on this random playlist and it starts with REMs. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> and I agree with Zoe's sentiment. Like, that's not something I want to hear right now. No. <laughs> and she's like, can we just switch this to something else, please? And he no, can't it's not hear calming. her. And she's already afraid to go into the um, MRI, MRI machine. Yeah. And, yeah, like if somebody started blasting that, why I couldn't like because I've been in one of those before, and it is very like claustrophobic. Yeah, and, it is. Um, it literally like made me vomit when I was in there. It, it freaks me out that much. And if I was in there listening to that uh, noise and not like some calming mellow music, <laughs> I would do the same thing. I'd freak out. I don't know. I I don't know why they. I guess obviously for the point of the show, but 
Right. Yeah, but but I mean, it makes sense because I mean, I felt that way too. I've had to be in one once before, and it's just you know, especially when you're already scared, then you get put into a, a small space, and you're like, yeah, okay. She's like hyperventilating. She says, "Can we just turn this down? Can we just you know?" And then suddenly there's an earthquake. And it's San Francisco, by the way. They're in San Francisco, so it makes sense. There's an earthquake. And she's starting to freak out, understandably so. And lights are flashing. And then somehow the playlist on the computer just goes haywire. And, like, every single song on ever is, like, playing all at once, it seems. And she's like, what's going on? This isn't normal. What's going on? And then, boom, it goes right back to normal. Like, nothing happened. Yeah. You know? And everybody's acting normal. And she's like, what was that? She's like, I want to get out of here. So she's on her way home and she's talking to her mom to check in on them about the earthquake and everything. Is everybody okay? And then she hears some woman singing all by myself, which is Eric Carmen, that classic Eric Carmen song, which I think Celine Dion redid. But, um, you know, she's always like, are you, are you singing to me? She's like, no. And then she turns and she starts singing all by myself. And <laughs> she's like, what <laughs> is going on? This, the woman thinks that Zoe's nutty. You know, she's like, why do you think I'm singing to you? And then she starts singing and there's a whole backing orchestra. And then she walks off. And so he's like, I need to call you back, you know, but, uh, you know, she's what the hell? And some guy jogger runs by and runs by these three women. And the women turn around and start singing. What a man, what a man, what a man, <laughs> what a mighty good man. She's like, what the hell is going on? And then they just go right back to their day, you know, and it's like nothing happened. And Zoe's, what's going on? Then she turns a corner and there's this guy in a suit and he's singing a really slow, sad rendition of Help by the Beatles. And she's, are you, what's, you know, I don't understand. And then everyone around him starts to join in. And they basically kind of chase her around in this like flash mob style thing. And she's like, oh God, I get out of there. So she jumps onto a cable car and which is then, I don't think it was a real cable car either, but. Um, and then everybody seems normal on there. And then they start jumping back, back into help. Yeah. And she's like, what the F is going on? She's running. People are chasing her down the street from like every direction, singing help. And, you know, side note, I think the whole purpose of that was that it was supposed to tell her that people need help. Oh yeah. That's what I got out of it. You know? Um, and she's like, what's going on? Oh my God. So she's freaking out. And they finally end the song. And as soon as the song ends, everybody just kind of goes, walks off on their merry way, goes about their things and doesn't acknowledge what they were just doing to her. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, my God. So she runs home and she instantly runs up stairs to her apartment. She hears Mo singing across the hall again. So she raps on his door and she tells him, like, what just happened? Which was funny because he's still singing a song. And he puts his hand in her face like, oh, let me finish the song first. <laughs> And she was like, okay, so people have been doing that to me all day. He's like, what are you talking about? And she tells him everything that happened. And he thinks she's crazy, but says, you know, I'm an open-minded person, so I'm just going to roll with this. Yeah. <laughs> so he offers the possibility that maybe she's hearing what people are really thinking and feeling. Which Zoe later on starts to call them heart songs in episode two. Which Mo hates that name, but I like it. It's okay. It makes sense. It's, it's what's in their heart. Yeah, um, I liked it too. I, I, I agree. I was like with Mo and that at first, but then I was like, well, it makes sense. They're singing like what they're feeling. So sing your feelings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes sense. So he's like, you know, if it happens again, you know, you need to tell me because this is the first thing he finds remotely interesting about her. 
Which is probably true. She seems kind of bland in the beginning. You know, she's just kind of like, I mean, even her apartment's kind of blah. There's nothing color. Gray. There's no color in that apartment. Yeah. Um, the most color is her red hair and her colorful outfits. And that's about it. But um, she ends up hearing more people's inner thoughts, including coworker Leaf, who's like, you know, I want to, you know, tell you I'm really, really, you know, excited for us to be going out for, you know, the team lead position. And and then all of a sudden he cuts in with all I do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> and the whole group of the programmers start dancing behind him and backup dancing. And she's like, what? She's like, I want to report this to HR so bad. Yeah. And uh, she say something like, Oh great. A dance break. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just cuts right back to it. And he's all nice again. Cause he's really thinking about how he wants to tear her down. And she's like, that's yeah, you jerk. But, uh, so she's, she ends up like having to get this assignment in that first episode, which I don't want to go into that, but so she ends up working late at Spark Point that night, and she hears her crush, Simon, who's just around the corner, singing really sad song. It's Mad World by Tears for Fears. And he's all depressed, and he's crying, and she's looking at him like, what's going on with him, you know? And then he finishes, and she no- notices all of a sudden he looks normal. He's not crying. He looks like a normal, happy, everyday guy. And he's working away. He's not sad at all. And it's weird. She doesn't understand. So she goes to see Mo, who's DJing at a bar or something. And she tells him about it. And she says she's conflicted because Simon is sexy and upbeat, but he was singing such a sad song. And she says it was you know something called Mad World. And she goes, oh, your boy is, Mo says, your boy is hurting because that song is real dark. Yeah. And he says, songs are just expressions of our deepest wants and desires, joy, pain, heartbreak, yearning, forgiveness, revenge. Good music can make you feel things you can't express in words. And I'm like, truth, truth, Mo. I don't know how many times I've sang some songs to get those feelings out sometimes. Um, Scream, scream them in the shower. That's what I do. Yeah, just (laughs) in the car. I mean, I have my own concerts in the car. (laughs) I'm all about the car concert. I love it. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, he suggests that the song Simon sang to her may have been a cry for help, you know? So the next day she meets up with Simon at the breakfast bar, um, which they have these really cool like food bars at this place that rotate. It's really neat. But he's like, we can, she kind of mentions something about her dad being ill and he realizes something about her. And um, so he's like, hey, let's go take a walk. You know, and then he confesses he's still upset and depressed over his dad's suicide, which was a few months earlier. And she's, you know, talking about how her dad has got this debilitating disease. And then she has this good quote that she kind of like works in the song title. She says, we live in a very mad world, Simon. But if you express yourself and open up to others, well, it's got to be better than what you're doing now. Living your whole life in your head like this prison my dad is, is now and that my dad is in now is torture and he's like you're amazing (laughs) how do you know exactly what's going on inside my brain and she's like (laughs) well she can't really say because that wouldn't make any sense so they have this like they quickly develop this kind of codependent relationship based on their dad's you know like his dad's suicide her dad's you know debilitating disease and and uh which, you know, it really doesn't start them off on the right foot, you know, because he ends up having a fiance 
named Jessica. She has no idea about. And he does not tell her from about her from the start. Nope. Yeah. It just sets up a whole bunch of issues that are going to be brought up later. Because <laughs> Zoe has feelings for him. And he's like, yeah, we're really connecting. And she's like, yeah, we are. I like you kind of thing. And then he's like, oh, here's my fiance. And like, oh, shit. Yeah, it made me. It, so I had such a weird thing with him, with his whole character. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't really like him at first, and especially like when he hid that from her. But I mean, as we get like go along, it, like it it does change. Like my feelings do change about him, but I really did not like really like him as a character. Um, but I loved out of everybody um, and their performances and their singing, he was my favorite. So it makes it makes no sense. I was he had always the most like, emotional. So song in that episode you know well yeah but i mean in general too like everything he did on the show i was so drawn to but as a character i just did not connect with him at all and i did not i didn't like how he, how he didn't tell her about being engaged in the beginning yeah it just, just wasn't the, I, I don't know i guess he just wasn't i don't think he was keeping it from her at first he was just kind of like he just it just wasn't brought up it wasn't the focus of the conversation they were having you know so it, no, it just like, wasn't I something. I felt like it sort of let her on a little bit. Yeah, it did. It totally did. But yeah, he, she had no idea. She was blindsided by that. But um, later on in the episode, she does go to her dad and confess that she's hearing people sing to her. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't really speak or anything, but she's like, you know, I'm just going to tell him. Like, what's he going to say? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> who's he going to tell? And um, she's like, I think I'm going crazy. And she tell, she tells him that the one person that always made her feel better was him, but he isn't really there anymore. Like to respond back. And she's yeah, just crying. So and no, it's really sad. And she's crying and begging him to snap out of it and get better. Then she gets up and looks at this picture of her dad and her when she was a little girl and they went sailing. And just like right after that, as she's looking at that picture behind her, you see Mitch stand up and walk up behind her and he's singing true colors by Cindy Lauper to her. As mm-hmm. if he's never been sick. And it's, I tell you what, when that happened, even when I rewatched it, I cried so hard. Oh. I cried. I was like, oh my God. It was so beautiful. And she gets to hug him and he slow dances with her. And then he finishes the song and then gradually sits back down. And then his face changes and he's goes right back to how he was before. And this emotional still state, you know? Yeah. And it's just, oh my God. So she's like, I, I think, and she just, she can't go tell her anybody about it. Like what I just saw, my dad just sang to me, but, um, she runs into the kitchen and tells her mom and her brother that she knows that their father can hear them. Cause they were worried that he was just completely like brain dead almost. And she was, no, no, he can hear us and we need to take him sailing. Cause that's when he stood up was when she was looking at this photo yeah. and they're like, I don't know. So she's like, just trust me. We need to rent a boat and go sailing. So back at Spark Point, Simon tells her that he confessed to Jessica about how he was feeling. He opened up to somebody. And while she doesn't understand, he feels better about letting it out. Um, Jessica, not Zoe. <laughs> she, Jessica doesn't understand, but she, you know, she, she appreciates that he opened up to her. And this gives her an idea, Zoe, how to fix the Spark Watch that they've been working on the whole episode putting her in prime position to take up the lead as team manager 
and she starts because she starts doling out orders to Joan with Joan watching on, you know, and yeah. it gives her basically this confidence to lead, which ultimately leads to her getting the promotion. And, you know, which <laughs> Tobin has a great line for this. He's like, it's great. I have two female bosses. It's like I'm working at Goop. <laughs> yeah, he does say that. <laughs> <laughs> so in the next scene, Zoe's family takes Mitch sailing much through, you know, their, her mother Maggie's hesitation. And at one point, her dad actually reaches over and grabs her mom's hand, which is the first sign of life from him in a long time, in months. He's happy. And it's really kind of a beautiful moment, you know? Yeah. They're like, oh my God, he's awake, you know? And uh, she goes back to work and she sees her bestie, Max. And uh, she, you know, walks up to him and she tells him about what's going on, you know, whatever, real quick. And suddenly he just starts to sing David Cassidy's I Think I Love You. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Which basically sets up a very interesting storyline for Zoe going forward. That's pretty much the pilot episode. Yeah, a lot all the happened. Setup, all the characters, <laughs> a lot, a lot happened in that episode. A lot happened, and it's it's that episode alone is awesome. You know, they probably could have made just a little mini movie off of that episode, but um, it's so much information. But somehow, it doesn't feel overwhelming. No, you know, all the characters, all. it it moved. It was really organic the way it flowed. But you know, all these. You know, every, we meet everybody, all the conflicts are introduced, and, you know, what do you think about it? I liked it. The, the only thing that kind of confused me was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was confused whenever she would, when when she would see them singing their heart song, right? Mm -hmm. So she is, like, moving around the office as they're moving, and... um she's like talking out loud while they're like singing and stuff. I was like, so if she's just watching them, is she just doing all this in her head or is she literally moving around? It was sort of like very, it takes that part of it kind of took me out of the show. Cause I was like trying to understand where she was during all of uh, their performances while they mm -hmm. were singing. I was like, so is she like literally like running around the room? while? Like, well, that's the whole thing. Like, it, she's just like, they're singing and dancing and she's trying to get like between them. And yeah. you're like, are you literally doing that? But I'm assuming it's just in her head. Cause she, I don't know that, that part just confused me a little bit. And they bit, even kind but... of, they kind of touch on that a little bit. She goes, cause sometimes it's like, it's happening live and she can interact with other people. And mm -hmm. then sometimes it's like time stops and she's seeing what's in somebody's head while, you know, everything around her's, you know what I mean? Like kind of frozen or in this kind of like generic state of people are still moving, but they're not really, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. They don't really explain that part, which is why well, it's a superpower. You don't, you can't really explain it all. You know, it's like flight for, you know, how does it feel to fly without any actual wings or anything, Superman, you know? So yeah. it's kind of like one of those things you kind of just kind of go, go with it, you know? I mean, I did after a while. I said I can't. I can't keep thinking about it because it'll drive me crazy. Yeah, it was just one of those little things that I just kept like harping on. But then, like, you, then I just kept watching it, and I was like, "Whatever, Stephen, like, stop because it's just a show. <laughs> it's a show. It's a damn show." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
But the Go other ahead. thing is when she gets her power, it's from the earthquake and her being in the MRI machine or the MRI machine and just being um, uh, exposed to all that music. So I'm assuming it was just a weird technical glitch and her being in the machine. That's how it affected her being able to see this. Some kind Correct. of radiation thing, maybe. Yeah, or... like, they don't really explain that either. They're just like, she gets to see people singing their hearts. You just know song. the event that caused it. You just don't know how yeah. exactly it got caused. Yeah. Which is yeah. interesting. You know, you're like, I kind of want to know. And you know what? They might have explored that later on, you know. So hopefully if it gets picked up for more episodes, maybe we'll get an explanation of how she got the powers, you know. Well, because not to get like too far ahead in the finale, season two finale. Um, What's his name? Max sees her. Right. So Heart somehow songs. she projects. Yeah. So I'm like, how? <laughs> and I, know, I was like, well, maybe that's of... just how they ended it because they weren't sure if they were going to come back or not. Yeah. But, um, and be cute. They had a know. lot of they have a lot of episodes in between that where, you know, things glitch or go wrong. Mm-hmm. And. It, which were interesting episodes. I thought that was neat how they kind of switched did, it I up a little too. bit each time and gave more of her an excuse to sing because she can sing too. You yeah. Know, which That's I like. the other thing I, I liked about this. Not every single person on the show is a great singer. Like they, I don't think that they were hired because they can sing. I right. think that they're all pretty like the ones that you can tell aren't real singers, but they're decent at it. And they can um, carry I, a tune. Right. Yeah. And they're not, they're not terrible. But it made it more real to me because she's like mm-hmm. literally watching them sing in her head or what what they're feeling. And to me, it's just like not everybody's going to have this like amazing voice. And I like that they did that. So mm-hmm. I do. Made, I do, too. Because It's not like it was like, oh, we're going to have nothing but Broadway stars on this show, right. you know. Uh, but speaking of that. Uh, let's talk about some of these guest stars that show up. Um, mm-hmm. I have a few written down here, which some of them are Broadway, um, including the fifth floor manager who, you know, comes in midway through the uh, first season. Her name is Ava, and she's played by Renee Elise Goldsberry, most mm-hmm. notably from the Broadway musical Hamilton. And she was also in she's also in the Peacock show Girls 5 Eva, which I love her. She's just great. Yeah, um, I watched that show. It was so good. It's such a fun show. It's so stupid and irreverent. I, I love yes. it. <laughs> I can't wait for it to come back. I'm so excited about it. She's it's, she's truly the star of that show, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, she has some great one-liners and just they all are great though. I mean, just individually, they're they have some weird ass storylines and some <laughs> strange ass songs. <laughs> but you Which can't you, stop singing them. Like when I know, um, especially the theme song. I love the theme yes. song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, I was singing it a lot when I was watching the show. <laughs> it was, you know, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> um, we also have uh, Bernadette Peters, big Broadway star. There, if you don't know who Bernadette Peters is, I don't know what's wrong with you. Something you need to get checked out. Go to an MRI machine. Um, she plays this woman named Deb, and uh, they meet her like at the beginning of season two, basically when um, they're looking at. I think it's season two. Maybe it's the end of season one. It's like the end of season one. one. Yeah, that's right. She's they're looking at the funeral home and plots and caskets and stuff for Mitch. And uh, so Zoe kind of interacts with her. She's they see her. She's singing. I'm feeling good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is not the appropriate song to be singing at at a funeral home. But she's she's kind of a 
an eccentric woman who just, you know, tries to live life to the fullest. And so Zoe hooks her up with her mom to like help her with the transition of losing her dad. Um, and in season two, for sure, we meet George, who is a new uh, coder at Spark Point. And it's Harvey, I want to say Gillen, it might be Gillian, um, from What We Do in the Shadows. He plays Guillermo on What We Do in the Shadows. And he gets picked on a lot. And ultimately, he gets fired later on. He's like on for five or six episodes. And which he kills it when he gets fired, when they had to let him go. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's singing Britney Spears Stronger. And it was so much fun to watch. I, I love him. He's so great. Uh, man, I love him. I've never uh, watched gonna... What We Do in the Shadows. Um, but but I liked his character, George, on the show. He's nothing like, well, he's kind of like George in a way. You know, he's kind of meek and whatnot because he plays a, quote, familiar on What We Do in the Shadows, which is kind of like a vampire slave, you know. He's supposed to do their bidding and hopefully he'll become a vampire. And oh, okay. uh, and he's been working for them for 10 years and it hasn't happened. And But he's still kind of dedicated his life to them. <laughs> oh you need God. to watch it. It's a good show. It's like only half hour episodes. It's not like anything. It's a huge commitment. But it's fun. It's a folk faux documentary a mockumentary if you will um it's you need to watch it you don't have to have seen the movie either they're, they're, they're kind of connected but they're not like where you have to have seen the other so yeah i'll um, have to check it out definitely do that but yeah those are some of the major guest stars there's a few others that come in but um they're not like huge people that you probably would recognize too much from other stuff at least in the united states um i do want to talk about the set design there's a couple of noticeable spots in the show or noticeable sets that I go, this is an awesome set. It really brings to life a character or a, a situation and mainly the spark point offices. Yeah. <laughs> which like I mentioned before, they had that, the food bar that's up. It's different every day. They have these isolation pods. They had these swinging, like, I guess they're wicker actually. <laughs> I know you guys hate wicker over on Creek talk, but um <laughs> They're like these swinging wicker chairs, you know, they have a meditation room. Everything's like an open floor plan. Even like the office, the manager's office is like a, a glass office. So you can see inside of it with these horrible, like cardboard chairs. <laughs> they always joke about the chairs. They're like, How you horrible these they chairs. Are. I'm like, why don't you replace them? Um, I, I think it's such a cool looking office. I would love to work there, you know, cause it's got all the windows and the, you know, you can, I like, I don't like all the wall. If I'm going to work somewhere, I you know, I'm going to be focused on my work, but I don't want it to be just dark and gloomy and, you know, walls, walls, walls. I'll need some windows and that place is just all window. It's awesome. I like the stairs too, that they had where they all sit, like sat around for the meetings and stuff. Oh yeah. They use them as like bleachers almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, I agree with you. I, I really liked the space that they made for the office for spark point. Mm -hmm. I was like, <laughs> no wonder it got canceled. They probably spent so much money on the set design for this freaking show. <laughs> I was like, it had to be astronomical. And then I'm like, like, uh, looking at every little thing like in simon's office i was like well that's probably like cardboard that's probably like the walls not really like there it's probably cg i don't know 
Um, I said, but yeah, it's a really cool space. And I said, I would work in that office like any day. I would like love it because I know what my office looks like. And you know, it <laughs> probably is a lot smaller than it actually looks because, you know, TV and stuff will, will play tricks with your mind. So oh, it's yeah. probably a smaller space than what it actually is, you know, um, or what how it appears on TV. Um, like I was saying before, like for some reason, they decided to go with this very, I guess, because Zoe is such a. I don't know. She's a colorful character because she's quirky. She's weird, you know, and says the wrong things all the time and tries really hard. And and then you look at her apartment and it's just this plain kind of gray. There's not a lot of color in it. Um, I guess it kind of reflects how she doesn't listen to music and stuff as well. But um, there's one thing that I always notice, and it's that framed photo mm-hmm. next to her door. That's the control key on a computer. And it says everything is under control. And it's constantly crooked, the whole yeah. the frame f- picture, which I thought was very symbolic, how she doesn't have anything under control. Yeah. And I like that. I think that was really, I think that's a smart little touch that, you know, they even noted a little bit at one point, but, you know, it's always crooked. It's always there. And I just thought that was interesting, but they never really liven up her apartment as the show goes on. Have you noticed that? But like, it still stayed very blah. Yeah. I, um, I noticed that too. Um, But the thing about the control frame, she was the frame control sign. She um, at one point she goes to fix it because it's crooked again. She just leaves it because she's like, it's just going to keep doing it. Like, I'm just going to leave it. (laughs) Nothing's ever under control. Yeah, because she's like, I'm never going to have anything under control, including this freaking picture because it's constantly moving. But yeah, she they make her out to be this like very boring, like dull person. And I think the whole purpose of her being able to hear people's thoughts or songs is to like open her up and become more like understanding and they're like to sort of like get out of this like bubble she's in. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the way they sort of like interpret that for herself is her clothes though, because she is, she is always wearing such bright, vibrant colors, but um, yeah, for her apartment, but she's always got know. really buttoned up to the neck you know, and cardigans and, and uh, full on sweaters. And she's always really covered up. You never like see cleavage. You don't see, she doesn't wear skirts much, you know, no. she's very much, you know, plain, plain Jane in a way, plain which Jane. is funny, her name's Jane. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's still got this like kind of kitschy, like sixties looking, you know, the, the flowers and stuff she has on her, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think she looks cute in every, she episode, does. Though. She's approachable. There's- <laughs> there's something about you know what's so funny dustin i've seen her in other things this actress and i never really thought she was like that interesting and i know she was in don't breathe which i think is such a weird movie and she was and i saw her in the evil dead remake which i thought she did good in that because it was such a creepy movie Wasn't and she i know the she new did ash basically she well i wouldn't say she was the new ash because she gets taken over by the demon i don't think oh I don't know. I don't that know. Much I don't. I never really saw dead. it. So I just. I thought that's who she was supposed to be, like the gender flipped Ash type thing. Maybe I'd have to go back and rewatch it. But um, she just never really did anything for me as an actress. But I was so invested in her. I started looking her up. I like started following her on her social medias, and um, I started to really like her a lot as an actress. And it it made me sad that she. I'm glad that they're doing this spinoff with the movie, the Christmas movie and everything. But Mm -hmm. I feel like this show really did showcase her really well as an actress. And 
She's got really good comedic timing. Her facial expressions alone kill me. And mm-hmm. she she's she can be very dramatic when she has to be like like sad and you know she's she knows how to go in and out of those really well. And uh I it was almost like I was seeing her for like the first time as an actress because I never really like really like followed her that much. I was just well, like, oh, it's always, that girl. <laughs> I don't she know. usually played like supporting roles, you know, and and you know, usually those are kind of the blah roles. They're just kind of like, you know, whoever yeah, can I do it well will do it. I looked at her like blah, like she was just very blah to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I love agree. her as this character. I agree. Um, oh, I forgot to mention who Mo was. Oh my god, I just realized that. I didn't write that down. Mo, the non-binary <laughs> neighbor, is Alex Newell, who played Unique on Mm -hmm. glee you know it was first discovered on the glee project but played unique on glee which that's the first interaction of a glee tie-in i don't know why that just popped in my head i was like holy crap i didn't write that down i thought i did i didn't realize um, either i think we just assumed that people would know i guess (laughs) no no they don't they don't know that so if you like um unique on glee because alex newell is non-binary from what i understand and um, I did just kind of wrote that into the character and Mo goes by he mainly in the show, but even says, I'll go by he, they, her, whatever. I am fabulous. It doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, usually wears dresses, wears wigs, full on makeup and sings very much like a, like a, a, a typical female would sound like, um, great voice, great diva voice. Love, the, mm-hmm. you know, I've always loved Alex Newell's voice. Um, can't, I can't wait to hear every single time. Like I was listening to one of the, um, one of the Glee Christmas albums. It's on my my music playlist. It's one of the ones I downloaded back in the day, and I think it was like uh, Jesus Born on This Day or something like that. And oh, or no, that wasn't Jesus Born on This Day. What was it? I don't know. It's just one of those you know soulful Christmas songs. And I was like, "Yeah, mom, listen, you hear it? It's Mo." And he said, what? I was like, "Yeah, you remember Mo was on Glee." And uh, <laughs> we were when we were going to um, I think it was when we were going to Thanksgiving dinner the other night. So yeah, I just I just love Alex Newell. Great and great comedic timing. Um, Mo is just hilarious, and you know what? Let's just go ahead and get into all the our favorite characters and storylines. So yes, Mo is my favorite, one of my favorite characters in this entire show. Um, I love how Mo tries to help Zoe figure out her powers throughout the whole season, like how they work, what are kind of the quote rules. Um, which there was this part where Mo has these ideas to test her powers and it's like, okay, one sensory deprivation tank, no sight, no sound, but is there music? (laughs) And then says two, a room full of mimes, his worst nightmare, baby Zoe's musical breakthrough. (laughs) And three karaoke. See if people's inner songs will match as they sing outer songs. Could be cool. Could be confusing or both. Uh, (laughs) Wait, I totally forget when, when he said that. What I think it's like that? the end of the first episode or maybe one of the, in the uh, middle or the, maybe the second episode. It's one of the first episodes. Oh, that's so funny. I don't even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Zoe's like, I think I'm only supposed to hear the songs when I'm meant to hear them. Like when those people yeah. are really feeling something, it's the only time I'm going to feel hear these songs. But I will say my favorite musical number throughout the entire show, just because I just, I don't know something about the sequence is the opening of episode two when mm-hmm. Zoe gets out of bed and starts singing. I've got the music in me. I wrote that down and too. <laughs> goes to work. What did you write that down to? Mm-hmm. 
I love that part. Goes to work, goes, finds her parents. Everybody starts coming to life and singing with her. She's singing. They're dancing through San Francisco. I got the music in me, you know, and then suddenly a piano drops on her. (laughs) And then a bunch of other instruments just land right on top of the piano. It's so funny. (laughs) And that's when you first hear Zoe sing. You're like, wow, she can sing, you know, which was funny because they didn't. I remember watching like a behind the scenes featurette at some point on YouTube or something. And they were like, yeah, we didn't know she could sing. It was because that wasn't the whole point of the show, but we found out she could sing. We got, we got to include this. We got to put her in. So they wrote that specifically that dream sequence for her to be able to sing and showcase herself. Oh, wow. so I love it. They didn't cast her because of her voice at all. Like you were saying, like it's, she's a natural singer without being like a Mo type diva, you know, or, right. or like Skylar Aston. Cause he's a trained singer too. And, um, she's she's just naturally good at it and i'd hope to be like her i hope to be thought of like that (laughs) (laughs) just saying just saying but one uh, day one day you will (laughs) one day one day i'll get my i'll get my big break at the age of 60 um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah they had some great singers and you know even though like like lauren graham she's not the greatest singer but she has some good moments some good musical moments they use her for like when she's singing satisfaction i can't get no satisfaction you know and um one part she sings kesha's tiktok uh you know wake up in the party what's that was one of my favorite ones i wrote that one down too it's one of my favorite ones that she sang what are some other um, ones you really liked? Like some other she musical sang, numbers. And she sang Roar uh, before mm-hmm. she does the meeting. She does that. When she's um, going to go in front of the press and stuff um, yeah. without her husband. Charlie. Her her husband, Charlie. He's a douchebag. Uh, he's such a dick. I thought he would. That actor. His name's Justin Kirk, I believe. I thought he was going to be a bigger part of the show, but he was literally in the show for like like five minutes. You played a good douchebag. You made an impression. <laughs> yeah, he did. But th- I was like, that's all we got of him? Because he's I feel like he's a he's such a name in, in yeah. like TV and stuff. But that was it. But I really liked Lauren Graham's character a lot. I was sad that she wasn't going to be a part of season two when I started watching it. Um I liked her personality. She she wasn't like Lorelei to me at all. Mm-mm. And when you think of Lauren Graham, obviously you think of Lorelei Gilmore. Gilmore but I liked how like I liked how hard she was on Zoe but I also liked that she was always in her corner because they're both the only females working on that floor or in, on that team or whatever and she saw the potential in Zoe and she like used her um, just how she used her like her power being in the position she was to help another female too, who, who mm-hmm. deserved it. You know what I mean? But she, I, I like that. She was always there for, for Zoe. The thing that made me laugh was like when she got the part, the position of the team manager, whatever, when Zoe got the position of the team manager, she goes, um, don't ever like bring your personal life into work or don't ever talk about your personal life. And then like the next episode, she's talking about Charlie to Zoe and all this stuff. (laughs) I said, wow, (laughs) she just went against everything she just said to her and made me laugh. (laughs) But sometimes you have, she's a little hypocritical. Um, but, uh, I liked her. I liked Mo, obviously everything he sang, uh, killed me. I like, um, Max, Skylar Aston, is that his name? Skylar Aston. Yeah, it is. 
I love his voice. Everything he sang was like perfect. It was pitch perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But nobody really just bugged me, but every single thing that, um, that the character Simon did that he sang, I was drawn to, but his character, like I said, I was so on the fence with him throughout the whole series, but he did. Um, Oh my God, I have to find the song. You'll have to, you'll have to come back to me when I find it. But he did one song and I said, are you kidding me? Um, I'll have to find it. I didn't, I don't know where it is in my notes. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. I think um, I can, I don't, I don't have it written down, but I know what you're talking about. I think I, I, yeah, there was a couple, was it blame it on the juice or something like that or something like, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Juice the Lizzo by Lizzo. Song. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I just really like him. And I liked my favorite, favorite uh, number besides the second episode was when they were all getting ready to do the, the race where they're all dressed in costumes and they all start singing. Um, the Queens don't stop me now. Yeah. I, I, I sat up in my bed and I was like, Oh, I love this. And I loved when he, I love a big Zoe musical Orton. number with a bunch of people singing together. Yeah. I love that he dancing. put Zoe on his shoulders and she started clapping right in to like right in time with everybody else. Um, it was a very exciting scene. And I liked how in that same scene we see Max, he's cause he says, I like, I love this, this type of stuff. I love this type of stuff. And I noticed right away that he wasn't singing with everybody else. And I said, no, he doesn't. He's not singing. And then she called him out on it. And I, and I, I just like that. They, that they did that because I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't have noticed that. Maybe they'd mm-hmm. be like, Oh, he's or maybe like, why is he not singing? Because he, he's not into it because he just lied to her. I don't know. I really like that <laughs> whole scene. I like I like Max and Zoe's relationship a lot. It um, feels very real. Yes. What would actually happen between two people in this situation? It, it didn't feel fake at all. No, I like their they have really good chemistry. I thought she had really good chemistry with Simon, too. But for for me, I was like why are they like making it into this like big question mark who she's going to be with? It's, it bothered me. I don't know. I just felt like go with, well, go they with need the, the love triangle. You know. But then that's what yeah, the whole but... story arc of season one really is. It's like, so it's, it's about she, is she going to choose Simon or she's going to choose Max? And then it's also like prepping for her dad's death. You know, that's the whole yeah. big story arc for season one. And then season two, it kind of, it's about moving on from her dad's death because he does die at the end of the season season. And yeah. then it's about her making ill-advised decisions in her grief. And and now it's like, does she really want to be with Simon? Does she really want to be with Max? Like, she doesn't know. She's still kind of torn between them, but it's like in a different way in season two. It wasn't like, you know, I could go with this guy or this guy. And it's like, do I really want to be with this person? Or do I really want, you know, it's, it's a little different. It's a different vibe. And it's mainly because of her grief and, you know, life is short type of thing. And who does she want to be with kind of stuff. But. I, I totally just, go ahead. I just felt so disinterested in the story, the love story arc, the triangle, whatever in season two, because when they started off with her and Max, I was like, Oh, this is great. Like they're finally together. And then after like three episodes, they were like, let's put a pause on this. And they're dating other people. And I know I was like, there's not that many episodes in this. Like, what are they going to do? And and I knew from the the picture from the Christmas special, I was like, well, she's clearly going to be with him at the end. Um, but it, 
it bothered me a little bit because I was like, why can't they just like keep it like why can't they just keep it simple? Like, just have them be together. Like, they already did the thing with Simon. I don't know. Just have them be, like, in this relationship. Stop making it so complicated. Well, she but, never actually got with Simon in the first season. They just flirted a lot. I think they wanted to explore. They, they wanted her to be able to explore that dynamic of whether or not it was a good idea. And she does it. She leaves Max because she's still grieving and she can't really focus on him. And then she's she just needs the physical. She doesn't need something that's not too emotional. She jumps in with Max way too soon after her dad's death for her anyway. And that's is what I'm yeah. taking from it. And I think that she, you know, she goes, I'm going to go with Simon because she's more physically attracted to him. And there's a kind of an emotional connection, but it's mainly because it's the, there's a physicalness about it. You know, she's like she's hot for him. And they have that dynamic, but there's nothing. She can't really connect with him because she can't be honest about her powers with him. Like she yeah, was with Max. Cause Max finds out in the, you know, toward the end of season one about her powers and he doesn't believe her at first, but you know, I, I think that, you know, Max, like you're saying, I think Max is such a better fit for her. He's just so likable. And Skylar Ashton is just a hot guy. Um, <laughs> You know, he has this like there's some diff- there's some like examples I have here of like songs he ends up singing to her, like when he's trying to get her to um, the hospital if her dad falls and at home and he sings 500 miles. I would yes. walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more and trying to get her to the hospital. And he's like, all right, we'll, we'll take the scooter. We'll take this Uber. We'll try, you know, we'll try every way we can get there. And they even do kind of like a, a, a reprise of it later on. It's like a slower version. It's like, oh, he's so sweet. And then yeah, the yeah. best, one of my favorite parts is when he goes, Hey, let's go have lunch. And they're like this food court. And all of a sudden he starts singing Sean Mendez's if I can't have you. And she's like, Oh my God. And this is basically what prompts her to tell her, tell him about her superpower because he's actually singing it like with backup dancers. It's an actual flash mob. And the whole time she thinks oh, it's right. part of her powers. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I forgot um, I about powers. that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because she's she thinks it's like it's his heart song, but it's really a flash mob. Yeah, wow, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I know, and that was just a funny thing. She was like, "Oh my god, not again!" And he's like, "What? What's yeah. going on?" And he's like, "I'm, I'm singing the song to you." She, goes, oh wait, you're actually singing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" She eventually has to tell him, "I can't right now. I have a lot of shit going on with my head because of these powers I have." And she, he's like, "What?" And she's like, "I'm like the X Men meets the Voice." <laughs> oh my god. I'm like, that's actually kind of a perfect description. But, uh, and yeah. And then another thing is like the great thing about Max is that he ends up, he, he knows that she likes Simon too. You know, they mm-hmm. had this whole falling out about, cause he like, she sings like, um, I'm yours by Jason Mraz to, to Max. And then like just a few minutes later yeah. is singing to Simon about, I want you to want me. And Max walks in on it. And it, that right there tells you, she's just in it physically for Simon, basically, you know, it's mainly about her attraction, not really about the connection. And, um, but either way, when her dad passes away or right before he's about to Max even calls Simon to like, Hey, you should come here and see Zoe. She would really need all the support she can get. And even though it kills him to talk to Simon because of this jealousy and this rivalry over Zoe. And it's like, he's such a good guy, you know? And I'm like, I want a, I want a max. I want a max in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, oh. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. He's Max is very Max is the guy you should marry, and Simon's the guy that you just bang on the side. <laughs> exactly. You're like, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to, I like to try out Simon a little bit, but I would totally connect with Max more. He's just the yeah. guy that you just, you know. Um, I like that you brought up that she's that she sings to them. Because mm-hmm. that was probably one of my favorite episodes where she somehow there's it's actually called um, Zoe's Extraordinary Glitch. It's episode mm-hmm. eight and she, of season one. And she there's a glitch and she starts singing to um, out loud and everybody can see her. And I didn't. But they don't hear the music she's hearing. <laughs> no, she literally walks through Spark Point and she starts singing crazy and uh, people. uh I guess they're like staring at her, but she, but in her head, everybody's dancing along and everything. And then when they cut to her singing by herself, all I thought it was, oh my God, that'd be so funny if they went back and looked at like security tapes to see how crazy she looked. She's rolling around on the ground and stuff. Yeah. I wondered what that looked like too. I was like, they didn't show us the other angle. They just showed us her view, but because other people were dancing with her. And she's like, does that make me crazy? Could you imagine somebody just on the ground and just said, does that make oh me crazy? With no, oh my God. And then that's also, I want to know, because every episode opens with somebody cursing. And then right when the mm-hmm. curse word comes up is when the big line comes across, like a censored line comes across their fa- face and a big guitar riff. And it says Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And that's the first episode where it happens where somebody else curses. And that's where Max says, it seems like your powers are making you crazy ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's Max. Um, I thought that was really cool, too. That was the first time they did that. Uh, wow, I didn't even notice that either. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. A little, well, this is my second time watching it, so I kind of noticed. Oh, more. that's true. Um, it was also like she ends mm-hmm. up, she knows about Leaf and Joan having like their secret office affair. <laughs> And she's trying to keep it. And she starts singing, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> and Joan's like, what is wrong? What is wrong with you? We have a meeting, Zoe, in front of uh, the CEO, Danny. And then in this in the meeting, she gets she starts singing Pressure. And By she's Billy on Joel. top of the table. And like, Joan's like, what is she doing? But she's like really singing it. It's so, so stupid and funny. And like, it, it's... And- I mean, I loyal Max. I mean, think about how loyal Max is to put oh, himself yeah. out there and sing it with her to make <laughs> it her not look as crazy, even though they both look nuts. But I mean, Danny her. Michael Davis himself is crazy anyway, but mm-hmm. he's he's crazy. He's I guess he's just supposed to be a really eccentric Mark Zuckerberg. I think that's what we're supposed to get. That's what I got to. I mean, even the hair, <laughs> like the hair was mm-hmm. like exactly like Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> And I like how they brought him back for season two, but they made him a little bit more likable. Yeah. He wasn't as, I mean, he's still kind of a douche, a dickhead, but, and self-absorbed, but he's not, you know, he seems a lot more likable in season two. Yeah. You don't hate him as much. Yeah. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind his character. I thought, I thought it made sense because we didn't have Lauren Graham anymore. And, um, you know, Zoe being in that position now, that was Lauren Graham's position. It was sort of like, she needed that buffer. I feel like between everybody, she couldn't just go in the mentor of sorts in a way. Yeah. 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 And he, and he sort of did fill that when they were, when they were high on shrimps. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That episode kills me. That was called Zoe's extraordinary trip. And, uh, they go, I don't think it was shrimp. It was some kind of pill, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's. Oh, I thought it, a, it was like a psychedelic. I don't remember. Yeah, something really strange. Like he's like he just gets out of like house arrest. And he's like, I need to do something. Give me some of those pills. Like he <laughs> finds, out, and you would think like the CEO of the company you work for is not. You know, no, he jumped right in on it. Yeah, it's like he well, was, if he could do that, he can't fire me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm golden from here on out. Like I mean, what they sing Starships by Nicki Minaj. Oh right, right. They're walking down this the um the street. And she's she's in the she's in the um, street <laughs> behind the car, and they're like, "Move, get out of the street, Zoe." She's ever <laughs> dancing and singing behind the car, like, "Move, get out of the way." <laughs> um, but what did you oh, think of God. Aiden, the next door neighbor? So he was one of my least favorite things mm-hmm. in the show. I felt like he was just filler. He was a distraction yeah. for her. I mean, he's a cute guy, but he just kind of like, what? Why did we put him in this show? It felt like somebody had a deal and had to like use him. Like he was trying yeah. to, there's, you know, it's like, okay, we have to use this guy. So let's just write a part for him. I said the and, same um, thing. Like he had a contract with NBC or something. And they were like, we have to put him in something to fulfill a contract. And they were like, let's put him in this show. It's going to die anyway. But yeah, it was pointless. I felt like that too. It was totally pointless. I felt for him to be in it. He, he was cute. But I I couldn't tell how old he was. And I said, I, I feel like she's I a lot older. I think they were older. supposed to make it like he was Zoe's age. But I looked them up and they're like 10 years apart. <laughs> yeah, because she was turning 30. And I felt like he was like 20. Yeah, like, yeah, 10 years apart. So it didn't make sense to me that they did that. But I don't know. I guess it was a way for her to be distracted um, from all the chaos that was going on. And yeah. Know, Another character I did like, though, was um, Mitch's caregiver, Howie. Um, he was he's like a nurse or whatever they bring in later on oh, in the first right, season. Right, right. And he's played by Zach Orth, who was in the movie In and Out. He was in yeah. the movie and the TV show Wet Hot American Summer. A ton of stuff, actually. He's been a lot of stuff mm-hmm. since the 90s, especially. And he just turns out to be the coolest guy and just really insightful and sweet. And I hate that he left at the end of the season, but it makes sense why he would, because, you know, yeah. Mitch dies. But um, I, I want to note that when I was watching the rewatching this, the first nurse they picked, the, um, Nancy, the one who's really strict and doesn't want to move or doesn't want to change her habits or she thinks she knows best or whatever. Um, yeah. She is actually now on the TV series Ghosts on um, CBS, which is a remake oh. of a UK sitcom. Um, she plays one of the ghosts on uh, CBS, which I thought she was funny. Familiar. Like, hey. Yeah, she's been. I'm, I'm sure she's one of those faces that's been in a lot yeah. of stuff. But when but, you um, said uh, Zach, what's his name? Zach Orth. Yeah, that's his real name. I I was when I was watching it, I was like, who is he? He looks so familiar. And then, of course, I looked on IMDb and I said, oh, my God, he looks so different now. It's so crazy. But I liked his character a lot, too. And I liked his little storyline with his daughter. And that was an awesome musical number. I thought because they go his daughter in the show is death. Abigail, Mm -hmm. that's her name. And she's played by Sandra um, uh, McFrank or something like that. Um, And she performs that song fight song. Which mm-hmm. I forgot who sings that. This is my fight song. Make it all right song. What? Who sings oh that song? Oh my God, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I think it's, it's one of those things. Lauren something. Probably. But so they go see her at her, her dorm at UC Berkeley um, because he's on the outs with his daughter and he doesn't want her to go to Kenya to set up computers for a STEM thing, STEM program. 
And it's just a really unique number because she's signing the entire time and her whole dorm, who's also deaf, um, they're all doing it. And all we get are some a little bit of drums and a little bit of cello as music, but it's them signing the singing, which I thought was really cool and ends up becoming the kind of the kind of a cool choreography, you know, in this dance style of signing. And it just Zoe looks like she's really enjoying it while she's watching yeah. it this time. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, the other thing they did with the show too. By the way, it was it's Rachel Platten who sings okay. that song, that song, not Thank Lauren you. something. The um, <laughs> there's a choreographer who does all the choreography named Mandy Moore, and she mm-hmm. was she was big on um, so you think you can dance? Because um, I used to love that show, and I I recognized the name like right away. But they're all very uh, interesting chore it's all very interesting choreography and you can tell they're not all dancers. <laughs> oh, I know. But, but, um, there's some where I was like, it's so unnecessary. And then there's some where it's like, it really is beautiful. And that, that scene that we just talked about was one of them. But the scene that I, uh, really liked that I was like, Oh man, I wish I could be a part of this was the, Oh, shoot. They're in Spark Point and they're all the two teams are um, singing against one another. Is it the boy is mine? No, no, that's that's Joan and Ava. Yeah, I didn't write it down. It's like just coming to me. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I, I remember seeing them. No, maybe it wasn't in Spark Point. Maybe it was in the restaurant in the finale. Of season two. Maybe it's hold on, I wrote those down. They're at the going away party at Maximo. Oh yeah. I'm trying to think. And they're all Maybe they I all start dancing. Zoe's oh. extraordinary goodbye. Yeah. Um I know they sing um the carpenters when she's going through that. She's all sad because they're sing, sing a song. She goes into that and then I'm trying to find it. I think I wrote it down. I can't remember that. I remember that one. Uh, that makes me mad. <laughs> I know. I don't know why I didn't write it down. Hold on, I'm going to all the songs that were in it. Oh, I know what you're talking about. There's a song. There's a part where her. Well, maybe this is it. But in that, when her dad comes and visits her in a dream and sings, I lived by one Republic. And then a bunch of people come and dance with, with him in the dream sequence at spark point. And that, that was a really beautiful part. I that was that. too. Yeah. That made me sad. Um, Cause I was happy that she got to see him. And that's one of those um, things that, you know, I talk about this all the time. I know loved ones that off. I have. Yeah, they sang shake it off. Sorry. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that was a weird one. That was a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> I love Cause it. everybody was going through their own shit and she's like, no, yeah, <laughs> stop it. This is about Maximo's. This is about Max leaving. We're not going to do this. And then all of a sudden everybody starts singing, shake it off. And yeah, that one felt like, did they have a contract with like Taylor Swift's people? Like they had to put the song in. Um, <laughs> it worked perfect though. And it worked, I also it like in, there. in the same episode, the same, the same, the same episode at Maximo when um, Mo and Perry are singing, we can work it out. Mm-hmm. I love that song. So when they started singing it, I, I started like singing along with them. It's like one of now, my favorite songs. Let me ask songs. you this. Um, so between Perry and Eddie, 
from season one, which were both Mo's boyfriends throughout the series. Who did you like more? Um, well, I'd rather have sex with Eddie. Oh my God. <laughs> but, yes. Um, like, he's, he was gorgeous. Yeah, he was. I, I was Googling him as soon as I saw him, but, um, I think I'd rather be with Perry cause he's, he's just older. He, he'd be more, more my type. But I said, wow, Mo can really get it with these hot guys. <laughs> like, good for him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like Perry as much. I thought he was a little, I don't know, cocky. There's something cocky about him that I didn't like. And I kind of kind of wish that Mo and Perry's ex got together because they had more in common. They could flow off each other. I mean, it might have been like a it might have been like a clashing thing where you're two alike, but Yeah, I felt I like know. they were too similar. And Perry was all about, you know, hiding himself. And I know he's trying to fix that about himself, but I'm like, he needs to fix that and then come back. Like he doesn't need to be putting Mo through that. You know, if Mo's willing to do it, that's fine. But I don't know. I just feel like that's just destined for disaster. Yeah, I, I agree. I, well, personally, I probably wouldn't be able to get with anybody like Perry because he uh, has children. So I understood where, where Mo was coming from because he was, he like did not like that at all. And I, and I said, Oh, he's got kids and they're like, not even like babies. They're like preteens, like have fun with that. But, um, I just, I didn't like that. He, yeah. Like I didn't like that. He thought Mo would just sort of like change who he was, even though, you know, Mo's telling him, like you don't know what my journey was and what my struggle was, and he and he even says I know, and he's and he's and Mo's like no, you don't, you don't know, and um, you know Perry is sort of like Perry's like one of those gay guys who because he's quote unquote masculine and he likes all these manly things thinks it's just easier for him and like like that's sort of like how he made it out to be like. I don't know how, how I'm trying to say this, but like he. It's he like tried, he wants to have a feminine side or he wants to have a little bit more, I want to say, quote unquote, stereotypically gay things, but he can't do it because he's got to be masculine. Yeah. Like it's like you said, it's like it's not real. He's not being himself. No, I don't know. I and his facial I, hair bothered me. <laughs> I did not like that beard. I also don't like it when people have like straight lines and cut on oh, their I don't beard. You know, that drives me nuts. I'm like, oh, this is too straight. This is, I mean, it's an aesthetic for certain people. It's not for me. You know, that's fine. He seems like he'd probably be a nice guy to know, you know, yeah. but <laughs> not somebody I would want to date. I'm not physically attracted to Perry at all. I but, wasn't uh, physically attracted to him at all either. I just like, think. I, I probably would have gone for his ex. I thought his ex was fun and he was a good looking guy. And I was like, yeah, but not, I don't know. Something about Perry didn't, I don't know, bothered me. <laughs> Yeah, I I just feel like I would personally pick somebody in Perry's situation, not Perry necessarily. How about how about we say that? But I okay. want to bang the other the other guy. The, oh my god, the... Eddie was so fine. <laughs> just has a rocking body and just he, he seems kind of he's kind of like a dumb twink type character, though. You know? Oh, I don't think he was a twink. I think he was like I mean, but um, you know that type. He's kind of like aloof and you know. Yeah, I look, Dustin, I always said I'd love to be with just a really dumb guy. <laughs> like I really would. <laughs> and I think they're fun in it. bed. They're fun in bed, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> but you can't have a conversation with them. <laughs> yeah. You would go nuts after a while. You'd be like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. You gotta go. <laughs> you, we we can't do this, sweetie. I'm sorry. You gotta go away. I'm losing Ugh. brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, so there's a whole story arc that we were talking about. Um, uh, sorry to bring it back around to Mitch again, but Mitch dies eventually. Mm-hmm. And when he dies, he kind of projects himself out of his body to Zoe and sings true colors to her again before he passes, just as he passes away. And he just kind of disappears. Yeah. And the whole final, like eight to nine minutes of the last episode of season one, where they sing Miss American Pie, mm-hmm. and it's that one tracking shot. It doesn't cut off. It just follows everybody through the house after the funeral, and you know when everybody comes over, and you know, um, and everybody's singing "Bye Bye Miss American Pie," and it's it was that was really beautiful, and I sobbed, and especially when at the end the music stops and Zoe starts singing it out loud to everybody. Yeah, and it's just wow. I mean, you can see, you could feel the heartbreak of everybody in that scene, you know, and, and everybody's trying to comfort her and be loving and and supportive and whatnot. And then they go through that whole thing. I don't know. That that was probably one of the best musical performances of anything I've watched in a while as far as like the way they did it, you know, the emotion behind it and the, um, I don't know, just it just felt authentic to me. Yeah. I know, what'd you think about it? I know, like I knew when I was watching this and you had talked about how your mom had passed away and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I knew you'd probably connect with this on a different level too, because I had a health scare with my mom. She almost passed away and you know, she's and you know, you never know, you know, you never know when it'll happen, but um, it's cause she's been fighting stuff for a long time, you know? And uh, so I kind of, I have that I'm on the cusp, but I don't know exactly what you've been through, but I get an idea, you know? Um, and so I knew that you would probably connect with that storyline a lot with losing a parent, you know, and, and the slow, cause I don't want to get too deep into your mom, you know, if you don't want to, but you, you, you had kind of a similar situation as far as like, you know, you know, you were kind of preparing for it. Correct. Oh yeah. It was the same type of situation where like we, we thought she was getting better and then we found out she wasn't. And then she was like fighting as much as she could and literally just watching her just, just deteriorate. And I really, um, I really connected with how Zoe was struggling so hard to try to talk to him and try to like understand what he was like. She just wanted to talk to him and like get to know what was like understand what was going on in his head because he he couldn't talk and you know my mom just sort of just went like silent for like the last couple like months before she passed away she just didn't want to talk Mm -hmm. she was just like always medicated but i remember just sitting there and just like talking to her and you know just struggling to deal with having that dialogue i had with my mom like i used to so I understood where, where like Zoe was coming from, but um, yeah, it was, I, it was very relatable. Like anybody who could, who has a parent that they lost could watch this show and totally like understand, like you get those feelings again, where you're like, wow, I totally, totally understand what she's going through because, you know, it's hard watching your parent just. Just literally die in front of you. It's crazy. And my it's mom a crazy is experience. Kind of, 
I know. And see, I, I've, I've said this before, I think, and I found my mom unresponsive on her bed, like face down on her bed one night, you know, early in the morning. I just felt like I kind of got up and I was like, I need to go check on my mom. Like I woke up. I thought, I need to go check on my mom. Like, something told me I need to do it. And I found her that way. And she wasn't responding. Like she was breathing really heavy, like like her, you know, kind of convulsing. Yeah. Like her, like she was trying to breathe and she couldn't. And I had to call out hospital. And luckily she came through, but she still has had a lot of health problems since. And every time I go past her room, I'm like really looking at her to see, because I'm her caretaker. But for those of you who don't listen to the show, for the first time you're listening, I'm a mother's caretaker. I live at home with my mom. And I check on her all the time, make sure she's done all her medicines, make sure she's getting enough exercise or she's not just sitting around watching TV all day. She's doing something, which she loves to fight me on it. She's like, I don't want to today. I'm like, you need to get up and do something, woman. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm sure you know, that was so scary. Always, you. It's yeah. And it's exhausting, you know, caring that much. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want to care, but, you know, it gets exhausting because you're stressed all the time. And I've gone prematurely gray, like a lot more in the past couple of years. And this happened just before the pandemic. And then oh, wow. I was home in the pandemic the whole time. So it's like it's been nonstop for me. Um, So, I, you know, I get that, too. That's why I'm like, I don't exactly know about losing her completely, but I almost did. So I knew that feeling. And it's like when you lose a parent or even if you're about to. And you have to like make decisions, you know, really quickly, you know, or you have to like just deal with stuff. It's like you become an adult even more, you know, it's like everything becomes way real, way, excuse me, way more real. <laughs> and um, it's that's why I really connected with this show because it's such an emotional thing. And, you know, and I deal with mental health issues and whatnot. And the fact that Zoe has to go through this, but also is inundated with other people's problems constantly and then yeah. has to go to work and then has to, you know, make life work and try to find a love life and keep friends around and keep enjoying her life. That's exhausting. It's an oh, exhausting yeah. thing, you know, and that's why I love this show so much. And I think the, the, um, the, the creator's name is Austin Winsberg. And at the end of the last episode of the season, season one, which is called Zoe's extraordinary dad, um, mm -hmm. you see a, a kind of a placard and it says, you know, in memory of Richard Winsberg, which I'm assuming is his father. And it talks about how, you know, for information for PSP, which is progressive super nuclear palsy, go to this place. And I went, Oh, so he wrote Mitch, Mitch is his dad and he is Zoe basically. Oh, okay. you know, and so he was writing about his own experience, which why it felt so real, you know, and it felt so heartfelt and, and, and driven through reality, even though it's a, you know, a fantastic kind of storyline with the whole superpowers of musical and stuff. But that's the way he dealt with it, you know, and probably he dealt with it through music, you know, singing and, you know, and that's why early on when I quoted Mo about how music can make you feel certain things or help you through certain things is why it's so real. You know, I went, wow, this is just so smart. And, you know, I hate that somebody would have to go through that. I'm going to start crying. Um, <laughs> I hate that somebody would have to start, have to go through that, but he made it into this beautiful thing to share with the world, you know, and in, in honor of his father and for other people who maybe have lost a parent or might be going through losing somebody really close to them. And, I just think it's really beautiful. But, yeah, um, I like that he. I like that he did that too because it it does make it more relatable. And you know, you know this this scene when they went to the funeral home that got mm -hmm. me too because my oh, mom looking at all the caskets and everybody starts singing about how they don't want to do it either. Yeah. 
Well, we my mom was still alive when we went when we had to go do that, and it was so such a weird feeling. And I remember being like, "Like, are we really doing this?" But it puts Surreal. a whole different perspective on you, Dustin. Like when you realize, like the one person in your life that you like my mom was my best friend, like the one person in your life that you go to for everything. A constant. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. And doesn't judge you and will do anything for you is completely like, you can't talk to her. You can't like, uh, understand what she's going through just everything emotionally. And it, it, it's, it sucks. And you like, don't it change. It just changes everything. Like it really does. It changed my perspective on life in general. And just like, you know, how to deal with things. I, I, I used to be a very anxious person. I'm not saying I'm not, I don't, I still get stressed out, but I don't deal with situations like I used to. I don't like overthink about a lot of things. I just, I deal with one day at a time. I try not to look into the future because you can't, you can't control it. And like yeah, how Zoe couldn't control. <laughs> yeah. Like she couldn't control how her father was sick or try to fix him. She was doing everything she could to still communicate with him. Like she came up with that program where he would like type, you know, how um, he would just type things on the computer or whatever. And they had like the buzzer. And I was like, Oh, that's so cute. Like if, if my mom had that buzzer and she was probably getting annoyed at us, she'd probably be like buzzing it all the time. <laughs> but like, And they used it for good, like comic relief too. It sometimes yeah. too. I thought it was smart, but but the other thing too, it's, it's very, it was very realistic because they made them feel like they had hope that Mitch was getting better. But in reality, he, it was just the medication, just stabilizing the, the, the illness. And he ended up just getting worse. And, mm-hmm. you know, they thought everything was getting better. And before you knew it, he was, he was gone. So yeah, I, um I feel bad that he had to go through that, but it's good that he, put it out there on a TV show like this to, um, you know, so that other people can relate. And like you said, music does help you get through so many things. I say it all the time. Like I can listen to a song and it reminds me of like a certain point in my life or, or I'll like, like you, like we said earlier, like sing, scream, sing in my car to get my like aggression out or whatever. Like that's, that's just what I do. And it's uh, music is like really important to me personally it's kind of to me it's on the same part you know the same level as like smell you know you can smell something that takes you back you know to a person or a place you were at or whatever Mm -hmm. same thing with a song i'll hear a song and i'll be like i remember when i first heard this or or a moment that this something really fun happened or something really sad happened and i heard the song like around that moment you know and yeah it'll always just transport me back so it's you know the senses are really just like buzzing with that crap. <laughs> no, I <laughs> like, totally agree with you. smell, you know. I'm very sensitive to those things. Like I was, I was even saying like how I, um, uh, like the smell of my dad cooking stuffing on Thanksgiving morning, those mm-hmm. me smelling that every morning when I, or every, every morning, me smelling that every Thanksgiving morning, like waking up to that it would give me like butterflies because I'd be like, Oh my God, it's like Thanksgiving. He's cooked. My dad's cooking and we're going to have people over later, that type of thing. And, um, you know, when you don't smell it, <laughs> it's a little depressing. Cause you're like, yeah, especially <laughs> when you're expecting it. Yeah. And you're like, Oh yeah. But like, I need to make knowing, this. but whenever I, like, even when I cook it, 
for the holiday and I smell it, it immediately brings me back to that, those moments when I was a kid growing up and my dad cooking that. It's, yeah, our senses are crazy. <laughs> and, and Zoe exactly. goes through sensory overload on the show. <laughs> oh my God. And that's, you know, where I want to get to next. Like, so the next to last episode of the series so far was Zoe's extraordinary session. And she starts seeing a therapist and the therapist is like, you know, I want you to tell me about the last time, the first time you had, a, you, you remember having a major loss or close to it. And she has this like flashback to five years ago when her dad was still alive. And it was her first day at spark point where she meets max. And then her mom has a heart attack, like a mini heart attack. And it's always, she can't focus on it. Cause she kind of has to kind of quote audition to work at spark point still, which she didn't think that was going to happen because she's a pre hire, not a full on hire. And now, yeah, which, which I thought was kind of crappy that her family <laughs> would call her during that day, her first day of work and tell I her all know. this. I did the same thing. I said, Oh it's my like, God, you, don't bother her right now. You know, I know you want her to know, but can you not wait till later to say, by the way, we went by the hospital. You didn't have to say we're going to the hospital. Don't worry though. Your mom just had, is having trouble breathing, but don't worry. And then they call, oh, she had a heart attack and she's going to go through surgery. I'm like, oh, my God, like, why are you doing this to her right now? Yeah. You know, I mean, not saying you shouldn't tell her, but, you know, maybe I don't know. There could have been a better way about it. I, I don't know. It's something about that. But yeah, he's like, you, you know, don't have to so, come. I'll keep you posted. She's going in the surgery. Bye. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, what? I got to do this now at work. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so she like, this is how she first meets Max. She gets into an Uber to go to the hospital and that's where she first meets Mo and he's saying, shut up and drive. And, um, uh, which I love that. Cause she's like, can you just not talk to me right now? He'll, oh, shut up and drive. It is. And he's singing, shut up and drive. Cause it's a karaoke <laughs> Uber driver. And um, Max, she and Max get teamed together, which they don't really, they kind of clash. She's really just overwhelmed you know and she's really uptight and she really wants the job and she thinks he's not as serious about it and he is he's just upbeat person you know and uh but they you find out that she doesn't get the job max does and max like no 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 you, i'm sorry i can't take this job away from her even though she's not here they kind of skype or you know facetime or whatever so that she can you know be still be a part of this whole competition while she goes to the hospital but he's like she needs the job give it to her and you, she finds out in the last episode, which is like, ooh, um, <laughs> it's not a good, not a good thing that happens. Um, How would you react if somebody did that to you? <laughs> for something I really wanted, and then you found out you were a charity case the whole time. It feels like, I mean, it wasn't a charity case, but it would feel like that. I could see it, especially since she's a, a woman in the tech industry and she wanted to earn it. And then it sounds like a guy just handed it to her. You know, yeah. I, I could kind of see how that would be kind of demoralizing in a way, you know, like, uh, um, or demeaning, excuse me. Um, but yeah, there's that whole thing. And she's going to the, what I want to mention this as well, while she's in the waiting room at the therapist in the episode before that, she, she starts to talk to people and they're kind of not, they don't want to talk to her. They're all in their own little head. And, and one of them is Becca Tobin who played Kitty on Glee and they sing, I feel overwhelmed or I get overwhelmed, um, which I don't remember that who sings that song, but it that's, I love that song actually. Um, it, it, I love that whole situation. She, it's kind of really awkward. Um, let me look that up. Yeah. I'm it's actually I'm finding it too. <laughs> yeah. It's by Royal and the serpent. Never even heard of it. 
I know, but I've heard the song once before and I liked it a lot. I liked it, this version of it. I think I want to download that because I really liked it. But um, I think that's her birthday or it might not be her birthday. No, it's just her therapy session. Excuse me. I'm getting it mixed up. It's such a good I show. know. I, I was getting, I got the couple of episodes in the season two, like towards the end, I was getting mixed up like at the things that were happening. So yeah. I had to like, I had to go and write everything down because it's, they all blend together. Yeah. And I mean, season two kind of takes it on a different journey. Like, like you said, I think you, we message each other. So, yeah. So the show, it goes through the first two seasons, whatnot. And we get to Zoe's extraordinary goodbye, which I think was, they knew the show was about to be canceled. So they named it that and they were trying to, but they left it open in case it didn't. Yeah. Um, you find out, you know, Zoe's getting really sad because the whole purpose. So Maximo, which we didn't touch on Max and Mo come up with a restaurant that is kind of unique. It's about ordering takeout from other restaurants, but it all gets delivered at the same time, timed just right via Max's techie technology that he comes up with. Mo does the aesthetic. Mo makes the drinks, which every drink has got Mo in the name. Um, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I love that. Always these oh, little no, quips. <laughs> yeah. And when they open the restaurant, an old like friend of Max's shows up. Her name is Rose which I'm not really a big fan of Rose, but you know, I wasn't either. She was kind of meh, but um, she was okay. But something about her, I didn't really like. Um, and they end up dating and she suggests, Hey, your restaurant's doing so great. You know, you should do a pop-up in New York back, you know, cause he's from the East coast anyway. And so he's preparing to, to fly back with her, stay in her apartment with her as he does this pop-up for Maximo's on the East coast. And which, you know, uh, Zoe's kind of like, you're leaving, you're leaving. And so she gets a little bitter about it. And then she and Simon break up because they can't really connect romantically because Zoe's definitely keeping something from Simon, which we all know it's the musical powers and, um, and realizes she really wants to be with Max. And so she, she has to go and track him down before he leaves. She goes to the airport which, you know, Mo takes her there and it's like, go best friend, go best friend. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. Um, she wants to tell Max how she feels and please beg him not to leave. And he, she sees him singing when a man loves a woman, presumably at Rose as they're getting stuff out of the van to, you know, load up for the airport. And she's like, Oh, he's in love with her. I can't do it. So she leaves him alone she's all sad and whatnot. And you know, the rest of the episode goes on and then she goes and sits down at a park bench and she's looking at the shield ring that Max had given her in the first season or at the beginning of the second, I can't remember when he gave it to her, but it was basically it was like a musical shield had a little musical note on it. Like yeah, she was, it was a super the first episode of the second season. Okay. That's right. That's right. You're right. Um, but he all of a sudden shows up and he says he was basically singing to Rose at the airport. Like that's basically what you're making out from it. When a man loves a woman, he was singing to her about, about Zoe and, and he was basically saying goodbye to Rose. And so Zoe just elated all of a sudden starts to sing. I'll stop the world and melt with you to max and has everybody in the park starts dancing with her. And max is just like, what is going on? And she confesses, I'm not going to run away anymore. You know, because I'm feeling too much, you know, and he hears this heart song and how she hears them with the music, with the backup dancers and the full orchestra. And he tells her, I think you just sang me a heart song. Yeah. <laughs> and the show ends with them both saying, what 
the (laughs) (laughs) and that's how the show ended and then it got canceled so luckily luckily roku channel picked it up and it's like all right we're gonna do this holiday movie we're gonna do this christmas movie it's gonna be kind of a continuation to maybe help wrap up the story but if this does well enough we will bring it back with more episodes and i'm like please please do well please everybody needs to watch the show please 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 you need to watch it it's so good it's not what you think it is it's not like listen to steven steven will tell you it's not what you thought it was gonna be (laughs) take my word for it (laughs) i don't understand why peacock didn't pick it up because peacock is part of nbc i know they were going to but then they decided not to for some reason i guess it has to do with ratings Maybe it didn't perform well as far as on Peacock, as far as streaming goes. And they thought we're not going to do it. I don't know. I don't know. That's so dumb. I hope they regret they, it. Like, I hope they freaking regret it. I hope it all of a sudden gets picked up. Kind of like what Luc- what happened to Lucifer. I don't know if you ever watched oh, yeah. Lucifer. I never but, watched um, it. I, I know. Oh, it got and your up. girl Kelly Clarkson loves it. You need to watch that damn show. <laughs> oh, um, we don't even talk about Kelly Clarkson on the show. They, they oh, there's been some Kelly like Clarkson this. moments. And I thought of you every time that came up. <laughs> And, and he gives her Max gives her a poster of or Kelly Clarkson's a moment like this, like gold mm-hmm, album because that's what something. they sang when they were when they were kissed, when they were about to do it. And yeah. she decided to sing. He was singing it in his head. So she just said, I'm going to sing along. So they yeah. kind of duet, even though he can't hear what she's hearing. And it's kind of interesting. So he gives her like the framed album, which I thought was really neat. And they put it where the control picture was. <laughs> and then there's that one point where um uh, Mo is trying to give her advice about uh, Simon and Jessica, the whole situation with, you know, and he sings the trouble with love is. Yeah. He sings yeah, that he to it, her. He sang it like so he sings everything so good. But yeah, he, he, he like killed it. Oh, speaking of Mo, I had some quotes. I, I want to go into those real quick before we wrap up anything. Um, so. I, there's some great quotes that Mo has and there's, I don't Some of them are kind of out of context, but some of them, you know, he, there's one I have here. It says, when I get inspired, no doors will stand in my way. I'm just walking into Zoe's apartment without knocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he calls her Zoloft at one point, yeah, which is perfect about the mental health thing. Um, and when he sees something, he, upon seeing the cool spark point headquarters, he walks in, he goes, honey, I once snuck onto Elton John's yacht. This is literally nothing. <laughs> um, um, at one point he says, I have my fighting nails on, you know, I'm like Wolverine, but daintier. And, uh, I'm an artist, Zoe, and my brain does not like functioning until night o'clock. <laughs> night o'clock. Night um, o'clock. <laughs> If you want to see a grown ass man running around in tights, go to co- go to the Castro to Max about the superhero movie because <laughs> he wants to watch a superhero movie. I'll just go to the Castro, watch men walk around. in tights. Oh, right. Duh. <laughs> it just went right over my head. <laughs> I know. Um, as I said, someone's out of context um, to Simon about Zoe versus Jessica. When he's still he's talking to Simon and he's when Simon's still debating things about whether he wants to choose Jessica or Zoe. And there's a whole thing. And he's also struggling with his dad's suicide. And this is a good one for Mo. It's one of those insightful ones. And he says to Simon, I understand your struggle basically. And he goes, but hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Which is so true when you're hurting, you can hurt others. If you lash out like really badly. And I've done that and I regret it a lot of times. And you know, it's one of those ones. 
I, I don't know. I just like that. I like that. Hurt people hurt people. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Um, <laughs> when uh, Zoe in the second season has been wearing black for so long because of her dad's death. And it's been like weeks and weeks, you know, and, and uh, Moe's trying to like, girl, you need to get some color in your life. It's just, you look like a sad Emma Stone Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I thought that one was funny because she does look like her. <laughs> they resemble each other. And then uh, this other one, the last one I have here is like when they were, when Max was going to leave and go to do the pop-up for Maximo's in New York. Mo says, if Max wants to franchise out, that gets me one step closer to being mogul. <gasps> it even has my name, Mogul. Get it? <laughs> it's <laughs> so silly. I love Mo. Mo yeah, is so he great. Steals, he steals a lot of the steam. He's a steam sealer. He, oh, he definitely. really is. I like, like I said, I, I like such an insightful person. And his their their um the sets for their apartments and the houses like you didn't you didn't get into this just we just talked about Spark Point but like yeah I loved all the set design for the house Ma- Maggie and Mitch's house like Zoe's growing mm-hmm. up house she grew up in the um Mo's apartment um like everything he described it at one point and I forgot to write it down he was like it's he like Lady Gaga and Lady Marmalade meets Lady something he called it you know yeah. And it's like very red, but mm-hmm. um, it was very, it was very cool looking. And I liked even David and Emily's, uh, I want to say they live in like a brownstone or something. That's what they sort of made it out to be. I was like looking at every detail of the layout. I was like, I want to live there. <laughs> I, was like, I know. So nice. And everything felt real. It didn't feel like a set. Like, uh, uh-uh. Her, especially her parents' house, which you go to, they go to a lot. It felt like they really did grow up there, you know, and that yeah. they really did, you know. And I wish we had seen more of the outside, like the backyard and stuff, because you know they had like it was because they were, um, what, what do you call them, landscapers, right? You know, and <laughs> he didn't I, really. They, see they had the green. Landscape. We saw the greenhouse a lot, but we didn't see a lot of yeah. the backyard. Well, when she when um yeah so she's she's maggie's doing a job for this older guy roger i think Mm -hmm. and you know she's talking about how good she is as as a landscaper and then every time they would cut to the outside of the house i was like but it's not very landscaped (laughs) their house is not very landscapey no i think that was at the construction site that they were at that he was trying to like it was going to be in this open house no every time they would every time they would cut to the, oh, the, the front of her house. Yeah. yeah. I was like, there's just like two trees there and bushes. <laughs> I think we saw something once and that was when she was showing Jessica around. And that's when they saw the rose wall and whatnot. And that was in oh. the backyard. And that was the one time we saw like their backyard where you saw yeah. all these d- different sections that they had planted to, I guess, be examples of the work they could do for somebody. And so that looked really neat, but you know, kind of looked botanic garden looking, but, um, yeah. yeah, the front was kind of plain Jane. Like, again, plain Jane. Um, it was very, <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of blah, you know. But I don't think they really had much of a front yard either, though. So no, but it was it, the way they made it out looked so nice the inside. Like they had so many rooms in there. I was like, wow, how many couches do they have? <laughs> and I kept mm-hmm. looking at like every every table that they had, like accent table with like a picture hanging up above it and a lamp. <laughs> Dustin, I'm like crazy. When I watch these shows and I look at like the interior of everything, I try to figure it out and how it works. And like, even on our show, me and Jamie are always trying to figure out like how these houses are and like the layouts. It's so funny. Yeah. So I'm always like, I need a blueprint of this stuff. 
<laughs> I do that with sitcoms a lot. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, like never, I, nothing matches up. <laughs> like, yeah, especially like when you watch Friends or something, you're like, none of these windows match anything they show. When they show the outside of the building, that is not their building. Because <laughs> no, none of these windows a, match this building at all. And they have a balcony. Monica and Rachel had a balcony. They never, ever show the balcony on the outside of that house. I know. And that, you know what? Central building. Perk is downstairs from their apartment. And when they show the outside of the building, Central Perk is red. But yeah. when you see Central Perk, it's green. <laughs> so I'm like, this is not their building. <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense and like watching a uh, big bang theory i don't know if you've ever watched that like i walk they'll do the walk up and then you're like okay so penny's apartment would literally be hanging over the street <laughs> oh my god yeah because the way they enter the lobby the, the stairs are right there so when they go up the stairs the lobby entrance it's her apartment would be over the lobby but it wouldn't be it's just weird how it's set up like there's no way match. her apartment's right there yeah I did the same thing. I did a rewatch of Sex in the City um, a couple months ago, and I was obsessed with her apartment. And I said, "Oh my god, I would live there in a heartbeat." But whenever they would show like the the exterior of the the hallway, mm-hmm. um, I was like, "That doesn't it doesn't make any sense that that's what it would look like." <laughs> like and I was like, "Stop thinking about this." <laughs> I do the same thing. Like, no, plot hole, plot hole right there. That's a plot hole. Sorry. <laughs> it's so dumb. Ugh. But I don't I'm glad know. We Maybe... don't see the outside of, like, we see the outside of Spark Point. And outside of Spark Point's pretty goofy looking. So I can see how that yeah. place is set up the way it is. It looks like it's on a corner. Like, it's on the, it's like on an end of like a building. That's what Spark Point reminds me of. Yeah. And, I'm like, and it has this big, like, this part of it, like, like jets out over the street, yeah. it looks like. And it's, <laughs> damn. Like, <laughs> Like that, it does, yeah, that say, especially in San either. Francisco, that would not be a smart like design aesthetic. No, but, all the know, hills things would be coming down all the time. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like such a dumb thing to uh, to focus on, but it. I don't know. I get I get so invested in it; it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's what it's there for. It's I know. Okay. I'm like, oh, it's a TV show, Stephen. Stop. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Well, it's okay. You'll go be fine. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, uh, so we got the Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas is coming up. Mm-hmm. They uh, have already kind of released one of the musical numbers with Mo singing to Zoe in a mall. I don't know oh, if you've they seen did. That. I didn't even see it. Is yeah, it they did. I'll find it. It's one of the earlier musical numbers, I think. So it's not really in context. It's basically they're shopping. She's like, I'm not in the Christmas spirit. And then Mo starts singing. I can't remember what it was, what the song was. But it's a classic Christmas song. Um, what songs do you hope they sing? What kind of Christmas songs do you hope they sing? Or even holiday um, songs? I hope they sing Last Christmas because I love that song. That's pro- Oh, so Last Christmas and... Um, um, oh, my God. I can't think of it. I sing it all the time. Um, Jesus Christ! Maybe, maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> no, I like the I like the weird '80s songs. Hold on, I'll find it. I I sing it all the time. Like whenever whenever the holidays come around, Justin always knows to put on "Last Christmas" and um this song. Oh oh oh! Is it Christmas wrapping? Yeah, it's Christmas wrapping. How fuck did I forget that? But um, yeah, I love that song. It's and kind of always like, a, like a weird, yeah. 
it's it's yeah i love it though but he and he'll always do like a thing on the dashboard whenever like the fart comes on it's like a stupid thing between us but i i hope maybe they'll sing those or something from kelly clarkson's last christmas album uh because that's current yeah. Um, well, they also had that one. What's funny is that the trouble with love is was in the love actually soundtrack. Was it not? Yeah, it came and that's out where it really got big, even though it's not really a Christmas song. <laughs> it's not. No, but it sort of became like uh, like Christmassy because of that movie. But yeah, um, it's so weird. I'll never think of it like that either, because I like listened to the album so many months before it even came out. So like, you know, I don't I don't think about it from love actually i was just excited that it was in such a big film and it got more airplay you know or recognition i kind of feel like they're probably going to go with more classic songs or at least older ones because of of budgetary reasons um maybe you know what i mean because it's just a one and done episode type thing or long episode i wonder how long it's going to be if it's going to be an hour and a half it's gonna be two hours i hope it's long i I feel like it's gonna be like i feel like it'll be an, an hour and a half Probably. Yeah. Most Maybe they have it. How long will be? <laughs> how long <laughs> is Zoe's Christmas episode? <laughs> well, while you're looking that up, I want to tell the audience that it's going to be on the Roku channel app in the United States. I'm not sure where it'll be over anywhere else. I know it isn't. I know the the normal show is in the UK, but it's it's going to be on the Roku channel app for free. Probably with some commercials, which is fine. Whatever. Um, I, I will watch it either way. I don't care. And hopefully it'll be really great. I hope they release the songs. Um, I'm kind of hoping if they do put out some, I want some newer songs. You know, I don't want them to stick too, too much to the old standards, which I like some of the old standards. But after a while, you kind of like, okay, I've heard this a million times. I, yeah, I'd like them to the sing. Same way. You know, I'd like them to sing some newer ones. Like I kind of like that Katy Perry, Cozy Little Christmas with You. That'd be cute. Um, I've never even heard that. Oh, it, it, they used it last year in like some Amazon commercials, but I've heard it more on the radio um, this year. It's really cute. You'd like it. Um, and Sia put you know, out just, a lot of good Christmas songs. I liked some of her Christmas stuff. Sia. Yeah. Okay. I have. I don't remember any of hers. She sang. Oh, I'll tell you a good Christmas album. Anna Gasteyer's. It's called. Um, I think it might be called Jingle and Booze. <laughs> oh, I, I've heard of that. I don't. I don't it's think such I a good that. album. No, there's some good songs in there. Uh, there's one that's called like, um, uh, oh my god, it's like Santa's coming down the tree or something like that. He's oh stuck in the chimney again. That's what it's called, and it's very kitschy, and it's a jumping chimney. He's stuck in the chimney again. Doom, 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 doom. Like <laughs> it's really cute and like sixty sounding. It's it's good, and she has like a song with Maya. Maya Rudolph and whatnot. It That'd came be fun. up. I, I would download it. You should, you should totally listen to that. It's a great song, but yeah, I hope they do some more newer songs in it, but if not, it's fine. I'm still happy to get more Zoe. I just want the song. It's probably, they'll probably have like, um, uh, I'll be home for Christmas or, um, you know, what's that one? Christmas. Um, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Bells will be ringing. Sad, sad news. Oh yeah. That's a really good song. They'll probably use that one because of the mental baby. Come home, baby. Please angle. come home for Christmas. Baby, please come home. That's what it is. And uh, I just don't want them to do anything like. Oh, you know what I hate? I hate those damn that Graham Christmas shoes song. Hate that song. Oh, I hate that song. I hate that <sighs> song. It's so corny. I used to talk about that all the time. How much I hated that song. No, the other one that kind of is um over is the baby. It's cold outside. 
I uh, could not listen to that song anymore. <laughs> kind of well, like yeah, especially when you start thinking about like, yeah, this guy's trying to sound date rapey. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, well, that became like a big thing. And I um, I mean, I know it's not what the time it was written in. That's not what they were going for. But it does kind of sound like that nowadays. And yeah, it does. there's a good um, movie on Netflix called Love Hard. And it has Nina Dobrev from Vampire Diaries and the comedian Jimmy Yang. And she, the whole setup for that is interesting, but there's a part where she does not want to sing the song and they're going caroling. And he's like, I'll sing it with you, but I'll change my lyrics to where it doesn't sound so bad. Mm-hmm. And he does a great job and it's a really good rendition that he does. And it's really funny. Um, you should see that movie. It's really good. I think you'd like it. It's, it's kind of corny hallmarky in a way, yeah. but at the same time, it's a little more mature. There's some cursing in it, you know, and, so it's not so bad, but it's still fun to watch. I, I think you'd like it. You should try it out. I'll have to put it on my queue. Justin watched one on Netflix recently with Vanessa Hudgens, and it was like a Hallmarky type movie. Was it, it uh, the like night before night Christmas? <laughs> yeah, there's there like a night in it. <laughs> Ghost Day Time Travels. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what are you watching? And he was like, it's a really good movie. You should watch it. <laughs> they're fun. I like, I, you know, I can get into them because they're corny. Now, I like the earlier Hallmark Christmas movies, but now they're churning them out so much that they're just really super duper corny and it's bad. It's not even they're like fun like corny. It's kind of like, what now? Aren't they all just like the same? They end up being the same. Yeah. But luckily, like I said, with Netflix and stuff, they can get a little more mature with it. They mix races up. They put yeah. they make more gay characters in them. There's one that's coming out that has a gay character in it. It's on Hallmark, and it has like um, one of the guy the guy from uh, Ugly Betty. Um, I don't remember his name. Uh, Michael Yuri, I think his name is. Oh, was he the kid who played the brother or the cousin or something? No, he was the the assistant, one of the assistants at where she oh, worked. Oh, right, yeah. And I now he's, him. yeah, and he has this new new um, Netflix movie that's just come out, and I'm looking for it, and of course it's not popping up in my damn IMDb. <laughs> um, it just came out. I don't know why it's not. Oh, it's called Single All the Way. <laughs> and yeah it's cute and he's like the only single member of his family of his siblings and he's the gay one and they you know his family wants him to get with somebody and he pretends that his best friend is his boyfriend now and and then he gets set up on a date and it's about him actually falling in love with the best friend and it's it's cute but um i haven't That's seen on it netflix yet. It, it's coming out on netflix i think i don't know if it's out yet um, oh my god! Now I'm gonna watch all these corny friggin' movies. <laughs> do it. Get in the spirit. Damn it! <laughs> and like I said, Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas comes out December first on the Roku Channel app. It'll be out the day before this premieres, so this will be out. This episode's out on the second. So if it, you're listening to this, go. If you haven't watched Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, go binge it. Watch the hell out of it. You have all of December to watch Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. Get those ratings up so we can get the damn show back. (laughs) (laughs) And it's for free on Peacock. Well, yeah, it's on Peacock, but the actual Christmas stuff is going to be on Roku Channel app. So I would just watch it there because it's also on Roku Channel app as well. Oh, the show is? Oh, I didn't know that. I watch it on Peacock because I can watch it without the commercials, but I'll watch it with commercials if I have to. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, it's easily available. (laughs) (laughs) Easily available. Go watch it now. For free on the Roku channel app. Or if you have Peacock, you can watch it without commercials. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on again, Stephen. I really appreciate it. Um, 
I'm, I'm glad you watched the show. I'm glad you liked it. And now you have an excuse to watch the the Christmas special. So I know now I'm excited to watch it because I yeah. really it took me a long time to watch the show. And I'm glad I, I'm glad that I did because I really did enjoy it. And I think if you have like a preconceived notion of what it is, don't go into it watching it like that. Just go in and just watch it and enjoy it for what it is. It's a really good show. But yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Well, thank you for coming on. And uh, we'll do it again sometime. And make sure you check out Stephen's podcast, Creek Talk. Uh, Dawson's Creek Podcast. It's very available on most streamers. Go find it. It's great. I'll put some links in the show notes. And you can find him on Instagram. Um, what's your handle on Instagram? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Creek Talk Podcast. And on Twitter at Creek Talk Pod. And yeah, you can listen to us wherever wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> wherever podcasts are played. Go listen to them there. Yeah. Please listen to us and give us a review. We would love it. <laughs> yes. Give us both a review, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> we need some reviews. We need them. It got, helps us do our job better and helps get noticed by more people. So the yeah. more notice we get, the better job we're going to do. And I like reading <laughs> things from people. <laughs> it's fun. Exactly. I like that too. Yeah, I don't even care if people do don't like it. I just want to read stuff and see what people think about it. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. You really want the five-star reviews. Come on. You that really I want do them. want. Well, you can do, give us a five-star review and just be like, they talk too much. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they talk too much, but I liked it anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> Share us on social medias, in your Instagram stories, on tweet about us, you know, even on Facebook, wherever. You know, Share Creek Talk and Dustin can read and watch on those yeah. platforms as well. And you can find me on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on Instagram at Dustin can read. And you know, you can reach out to me on there or you can reach out to me in email. Dustin can at gmail.com. Give us some reviews, give us some likes, share us around. We'd really appreciate it. And we want you guys to have the happiest of Christmases, the happiest of Hanukkahs, the happiest new year, all that good yeah. stuff. Have a great Happy holiday, holidays. everybody. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Dustin can watch. We need to be talked about more, guys. We're good people. We're good and we're <laughs> we're fun and we're lighthearted. Our shows are a little different, but that's totally fine. You'll find something fun about each of them. And, uh, you know. <laughs>